don't at me. If you don't think Nikolai Jokic wasn't a, the best player in the world, I got nothing to tell you. I got nothing I can do for you because last night, Nikolai Jokic, my Serbian brother, went out and dominated. You know, yesterday, Doug Gottlieb and I said this. We said, we'll find out whether or not, whether or not the Nuggets are a real team in game three. You know, the heat culture, the heat this, the heat that. They outplayed him. Malone was mad. Malone's the coach. And we'll find out because you go on the road in a series after a defeat, you got a choice to make. Oh, ho-hum. Or are you going to get mad? Pros are always going to play. They're always going to play hard. They're always going to try. I don't care what anybody says. In the NBA Finals, maybe not in January on a snowy day in Indianapolis, but in the NBA Finals, it wasn't going to be a matter of that, but there's a different edge to when you play with anger, a different edge when you play with angst and determination. And last night, you saw a championship-quality team in the Denver Nuggets. Now, Jimmy Butler at all said, well, we didn't have energy. Well, then you got to go to Affinity Whole Health, get a testosterone shot, or go to your neighborhood place. I got a testosterone shot, and I'm not even going to tell you how the night ended up last night. Oh, baby. Anyway, so the Heat said they played with no energy. Uh, (laughs) Jokic, I don't care about energy. You know what I care about? 32, 21, and 10. 32 points, 21 rebounds, and 10. Energy this. I've told you about Jamal Murray for a couple years now. Jamal Murray showed out last night. 34, 10, and 10. First time teammates have had triple doubles. Look, you can talk about energy. You can talk, well, we didn't do that. No, 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 no. No, absolutely not. Those numbers shine because superstars shine. I've been telling you this about baseball. Mike Trout needs a postseason event, a, a, a moment. So uh, Shohei Otani needs a moment in the postseason. You got to do it in the postseason. Hey, man, you dropped 62 in January against the Pacers. Yay! Uh-uh. You got to have a postseason. And when you do something in the finals of the NBA or the World Series or the Stanley Cup, when you do something that's never been done before, like be the only teammates to have triple doubles, then that's where your stars show up. You can't do any better than that. You just can't. And it is all about stars. Now, on a basketball standpoint, and I'm not going to nerd it up too much for you, but did you see the left corner? Did you see the corner where Duncan Robinson was? They had a guy in the left corner. We told you about this yesterday. Swing it, middle, left side wing, left side corner, left side post. I turned it on. And the first thing when Duncan was in, particularly in the fourth quarter, when they kind of were sealing it, holy cow, they played out of the middle, opposite, left corner. Left corner guy cut. He didn't stand. uh, And that was that Braun kid, three-point plays. Look, I didn't get fired. I didn't get fired, actually. I didn't stop coaching because, well, I don't know. I don't know anything about basketball. I'm a freaking savant. You know, people criticize my record. Well, I got to tell you, seven out of my 10 years lost my two best players. Five out of 10, I lost my three. If I tell you something about the guts in basketball, it's going to happen. First player in finals history, 30, 20, and 10. When you do something first, F-I-R-S-T, that's being a star. That's showing up big time, and I don't care what you tell me. I know Duncan Robinson's been great. I know Christian Brown's been great. They've all been great. 
But stars have to be stars in finals, in World Series, in Stanley Cups. I don't care where it is. Stars must be stars. And that's what you saw it last night. All right. So last we saw Mike Malone, the head coach of the Nuggets, he was blanked off at his team. He was hot. He was not happy. Well, guess what? He's a little happier. Here's the coach of the Denver Nuggets talking about Jokic and Murray. You know, I've been with Nikola for eight and uh, Jamal uh, for seven years now. And we've been, you know, we've had some pretty good moments, but not in the NBA Finals. And for those guys to make history the way they did tonight, uh, no one's ever done that. I mean, that's what's really neat about it. You get the win. I thought our defense was fantastic tonight. You hold that team to 94 points, 37 from the field, only 11 threes. Um, you know, that, that, that really helped us out tonight, the defending and rebounding at a high level. But um, by far their greatest performance as a duo in their seven years together. That's what I'm saying. Look, when stars are stars, you got a real chance to win because guess what? You're playing against the best of the best. Yeah, I don't care whether they were an eight seed. Nobody played better. And I mean, nobody's played better than the Heat. So, like Mike Malone just said there, you got to have your best players doing things like what happened last night. Do they always have to be a double-double? Of course not. But they must be stars. And you saw it last night. Now, there's another side of it, right? Eric Spolstra, not happy at all, right? Spolstra saying, wait a second here. We got to do better. And he ain't wrong. Go ahead with Spolstra. Yeah, it's a, it's a great duo. Um, you know, their games really complement each other. You have one guy that's, uh, you know, really can score in a lot of different ways. Um, another guy who's setting great screens or handoffs. Um, and then if the ball gets back to him, he can get a bunch of people involved. Um, and certainly at, at, at the beginning of the game, that, that kind of set the tone. But then from there, uh, we lost a lot of physical um, 50-50 or ball in the air, ball on the floor battles um, throughout the course of the game. At key moments, when, when the moments could have been swing moments, they were coming up with um, those plays. Uh, you have to expect that, uh, not losing the battles. You have to expect there to be elite talent uh, in, the, in the finals. And both those guys are elite level talent. Uh, at our best version, we find ways to overcome that, uh, make it tough on them, uh, and then certainly not lose the overwhelming majority of, of those um, physical <clears throat> battles. Uh, 50-50 battles, ball in the air, ball on the floor battles, uh, um, and, and and that made it too much to overcome. You know the the, the... yeah. And he, here's what he's saying. He's saying you know not at the end of the game where people look and say, well, they got beat to a loose ball, or Duncan Robinson had a three to make it seven. The game was over then. There are certain games that when you get it to 10, you know you're coming back. Last night was not one of those games. What he's saying is games are won and lost in the middle. Momentum swing plays. I get a loose ball. I kick it. We hit a three. You don't get the loose ball. That changes momentum. Game-winning shots are massive, and I say it all the time. Look, let's be honest. Keith Smart, game winner, left baseline, Indiana. I got a national championship ring. Bob Knight wins his third and last, and Jim Beheim was a bum. That's the way the world works. However, the plays before that set it up, 
And sometimes the plays before that, in setting it up, you never recover from. And the setup and the setup and the setup led to a 15-18 point lead for the Denver Nuggets. Now, if you get half of those, instead of it being an 18-point lead, maybe it's an 8-point lead. And now you can play the game. Now the game's going to come down to certain things. But what Spolstra is saying is in the middle of the game, early, middle, mid-late, they didn't get any of them. And it led to the 18, the run out, where now you're just battling, you're hoping, you're trying to make threes. You know, you get it to 10 with a minute 15 to go, and you think maybe, but you know, you just know. There, when you've played enough and coached enough, there are certain games you're like, wow, we are going to come back. 10 points is nothing. There are other games, even though you get it to 10, you're like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. You try. I mean, you know, you want the shot to go in, but you know it. You just know it. And I don't know how to explain it. Other than the way I've always explained things, Supreme Court justice, I can't define it, but I know it when I see it, talking about pornography. That's just the way it is. All right, uh, CNN chairman and CEO Chris Light is out. I mean, Chris Light has not been there, but for about 17 months, there's a lot of things going on at CNN. Remember when he came in, he was the guy that said, we're going to bring this together. We're going to get this thing more centered. We're not going to be so wacky uh, far left. And then he has Trump in a town hall. And then there's an article in the Athletic, Atlantic, whatever the hell it is. And next thing you know, uh, CNN, you see it here, paid a research firm to find out why its ratings were tanking. The research found CNN viewers stopped trusting the network because of the network's left-wing bias and historic COVID reporting. The network brought in Chris Light to bring integrity back to CNN. Uh, Democrats didn't like it and pressured the network to fire him. So here's the thing. Think about this. So you got the Democrats. And look, I'm not Democrat or Republican, and it disgusts me that all news networks are so tilted in one way or the other. I just tell you based on common sense, and it apparently leans me to the, to the right. I should go over here. To the right. But I got to tell you, so now you're in a quandary. It's a little bit like Bud Light. Let me explain. So CNN blanked off its core viewers by going too far left. Look, CNN viewers were left, but they weren't these wacky left like these guys. Okay, so now they bring it to the center. And they still blank off. They still blank off their core people because they don't want it to be in the center. They want it to be left. Uh, His name is called Lick. I'm sorry, not light. My bad. Thank you, Aaron. But so anyway, it's like Bud Light. So Bud Light blanks off frat boys. I'll just say me. I was in a fraternity. I got kicked out. It's a long story. I'll tell it someday. But anyway, so they don't want me, you, uh, white dudes, young white males to old white males. They want to expand. So they go to the transgender crowd. Well, old white males said, screw you. So what did Bud Light do? They wheeled it back in. Well, the LGBTQEFEHIJKLMNOC community said, screw you too. So CNN gets screwed by both, just like Bud Light got screwed by both. I hope I explained that right, because that's the way the world works now. Hey, look, you give in to us or we're going to get mad. When you give in to them, then we're going to get mad and you'll never get them back. It's wacky. It's crazy. But I got to tell you, I don't understand why it's not just this. Let's find interesting people. Let's give honest news in an honest way. No, in an honest and entertaining way. I actually wrote on a note, entertaining way. 
All you got to do, and that's what we do here. That's why we're the fastest growing show on YouTube, because we give you the news in an honest and entertaining way. That's what we do. That's what we're supposed to do. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why, ladies and gentlemen, that is why our little OutKick YouTube channel went from 228,000 people subscribing in January to now a million. There you go. What else we got on this licky guy? What else we got on him? We got anything here? CNN heroes. Looks like the Trump train said something. Do you think former CEO of CNN was fired like a dog because President Trump embarrassed their network during the town hall? Well, like a dog. Come on. Who fires like a dog? I don't understand certain sayings. That's one. But I got to tell you, you're going to ask me, was he fired because of that? It's not. Yes. Yes, you had a horse bleep monitor, you know, moderator, and again, a diversity hire. You got to, look, when you have Trump up there, you got to have like, I don't know, Dick Schapp, who's dead. But you get what I'm saying. You got to have somebody with some uh uh-huhs up there going at Trump, going back at him, not trying to interrupt him. Because Trump is a master. He can say what, Trump can say whatever he wants. He don't care. But anyway, hey, we got baby mama drama. Yeah, we do. We got baby mama drama. Did you ever notice? Did you ever notice that just certain guys, John Morant and now now, uh, Zion Williamson, just can't hit? We got baby mama drama. All right, so here's the deal. Let's put the first tweet up. Uh, I Listen to this. Oh, man. So this girl, Mariah Mills, is pissed. She is not happy. She's getting gross. I let you in my mouth when we, when we, you told me you had another pregnant. How was that going to work moving us both to New Orleans? You think I would have found out? Zion Williamson got, give me some more of this. Zion Williamson uh, knocked up a young lady, impregnated her. I don't know if we're allowed to say. Um, better pray I'm not pregnant too, because I'm definitely late. This Mariah Mills ain't playing. She's a betrayed woman, and hell hath no fury. Like a betrayed woman, Zion. See, Zion, you got to think better than this. You you, got to just, look, I don't know. There's so much going on here. But again, you know what? How about you women have a little self-respect too? Seriously, I get it. I do. You know, Zion, you're an idiot. Women, how about a little self-respect? Protect yourself. I get it. We all get it. Like, hey, look, if you get impregnated by a basketball player, hell, the money is outrageous. The money is stupid. You know, and maybe you're in love. I don't know. But both sides here. Zion is just doing what immature John Morant type people do. You get a little money. Next thing you know, you're wagging it. You're throwing it around. Next thing you know, you got baby mama drama. Did you ever notice Jordan really never had baby mama drama, even though he was stooping everything in the world? Did you ever notice Isaiah never had baby mama drama? Kareem really never had baby mama drama. Got divorced. Uh, Kobe, yeah, I'm not. You guys think Kobe's a girl dad. I have a different view. Uh, he did have, he didn't have baby mama drama. He had much bigger problems actually than that. But when you really go down the grades, you ever hear anything about Stockton? You ever hear anything about Malone other than, you know, whatever he did, you know, but his family, how about Barkley? You ever hear anything about Barkley, Hakeem? You know, you ever hear anything about the greats? You ever hear Chris Paul? You ever hear anything about LeBron? You ever hear anything about Steph Curry? You ever hear anything about Klay Thompson and baby mama drama? No. 
But you got these young idiots that come out of college. See, everybody's going to say coming out of college is great, and it is. Fine. But there are some dudes that need a little bit. Some dudes that need a little bit of seasoning. John Morant, uh, I would say Williamson won. You can't turn down the money. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying that it isn't all seashells and balloons. We got our money. We're going to live the rest of our life. You got big time baby mama drama. You're embarrassed. But the beauty of the world that we live in is nobody really cares. It ain't going to hurt him in endorsements. Hell, he'll probably get more. He'll probably get a condom company to endorse. Hell, I don't know. But baby mama drama, Zion Williamson, John Moran, immature little kids. And women out there, a little self-respect. How about that? Just a little bit. I'm not saying it, but just a little bit of self-respect. I'm just saying. That's all. Just like, hey, look, it is my body. I am an adult, and I can make my own decisions. And just wagging it unprotected with Zion Williamson. You know, and then you're going to complain about things. I don't know. I don't know. And I'm sure that's sexist or some kind of is, but I don't see it that way. I see that's respecting women enough to suggest that you take care of yourself. Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean I shouldn't be crushed. I get all that. I certainly should be crushed because that's what we do. Who do you want to replace Shannon Sharp? It, it, don't say a white guy. It ain't going to be a white guy. They're talking about Shady McCoy. You know who's going to replace uh, Shannon Sharp? That Acho guy. Whatever his name is. Acho, Emmanuel Ocho Acho. The kid that left, uh, he started talking about we got to have uncomfortable conversations with a black man. Except if you have an uncomfortable conversation, you know what's going to happen, right? Of course you know what's going to happen. Uncomfortable conversation means you're going to be called a racist unless you just agree. And you're going to get a lecture on how awful his life is when really it's pretty good. We all understand that. So that's the Acho guy. This guy, Shady McCoy, uh, good for him. Look, personally, I don't care. The show's pretty much on when I am on, so what do I care? But I got to tell you, uh, you just keep skipping, you're fine. You can rotate guests. You know, Nick Wright, uh, maybe he's one. He's a guy they say, I don't know. You know, what do I know? But don't say a white dude because a white dude ain't getting the job. You can't have two white dudes sitting up there discussing. You just can't. It's not going to happen. And maybe it shouldn't. I don't know. I don't care. But who do you want or do you care? Do you watch that show Undisputed? I personally don't but it's only because it's on during my time slot. So actually, I'm lying. I kind of do. I fell off a chair yesterday. I just want you to know. I'm sitting there at dinner at the head of the table. My wife's at the head of the other table. My buddy Mike Paulson, his wife, my buddy Cam Safali, his wife, we're having a nice conversation. Early in the dinner, early in the dinner, somebody heard my chair crack. I did too. I'm like, uh. So I must have leaned back, and next thing you know, down goes Dockage. There it is. You see, it broke. And I went back. What did my friends do, including my wife? Laughed like crazy. Made fun of me. They're like, man, you were kind of surfing going back. I'm like, yeah. And I scraped myself up pretty good. Luckily, we were outside and the restaurant, it was like 8.30, 9 o'clock. My restaurant must have closed at 9 o'clock. So there really was nobody out there. But damn. The, uh, uh, what do they say? Sympathy is between shit and syphilis in the dictionary. There was zero sympathy. I was on my back. It was not great. I hurt a little, but I couldn't help laughing at myself because, well, frankly, I deserved it. Then my boy, so the, 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 I knew the chef and I knew the, 
uh, manager, they're coming. I go, look, I deserve a glass of wine. Just give me a glass of wine and I'm fine. Because the restaurant could have gotten renamed. It could have gotten renamed to Dockage's. Uh-huh. I think it's called Late Harvest. Pretty good restaurant, Keystone at the Crossing area in Indy. But uh, uh, it could have been, it should have been, it might be, uh, yeah, it might be named Late Harvest. Uh, I got a great story for you. I need to know exactly how to sp- uh, say Olivia's last name. Olivia Krol- uh, Krolchak is a student. Listen to this story. She's a student at the University of Cincinnati. She turned... She turns in a paper, turns in a review. The teacher basically said, and one of the words that Olivia used was biological female. And the teacher came back and gave her a zero, angry that she used the term biological female. No, no, my face didn't just freeze. It didn't freeze there. Is Olivia ready? My face didn't freeze. What happened there was I'm stunned. You can't say biological female. Seriously. I mean, how can you not say biological female? Olivia, thank you for joining. We talked about this yesterday. You turn in a paper, apparently biological female is taboo. Huh? Yes, apparently. Thank you for having me on. (laughs) Yeah, so walk me through exactly what happened here, will you? Yeah, so I had a women's gender studies class where we had to do a feminism project and we could choose any topic. So I did mine about the history of rights and opportunities that women have had in athletics. And part of my topic was touching on how those rights are being affected by allowing men in biological women's sports. So that's where the problem was, probably because I was talking about anti-transgender in women's sports rather than pro. Well, that's one, but didn't the teacher kind of admonish you by saying, hey, great thesis, or however you describe it, but you use the term biological female and that is exclusionary. Oh, it's a, it, it, you're talking about, correct me if I'm wrong, biological women that are swimmers here. Are you not? Yeah, I am. And it's supposed to be exclusionary. It's exclusionary on purpose because I'm trying to describe a group of women just in the same way that trans women would be exclusionary of biological women. So what has happened? Uh, so far... A new professor has graded my work, and nothing's happened with the original professor that I know of. What did you get in the class? Because you got a zero, right? It was a zero. Yeah, and then it was regraded, so I ended up finishing class with an A. So, man, but all right. So, but it. it how do I put this? If if I say. If you're going to take every exclusionary term out, you're smarter than me. I'm dumb. You're smart. I went to Indiana. They just gave us degrees at Indiana. They just said, what degree do you want? Cincinnati, you got to work at stuff. I understand, all right? But if I say woman, that's exclusionary. If I say man, that's exclusionary. If I say transgender, that's exclusionary. If I say blonde lady, that's exclusionary. If I say bald man, that's it. I mean, what the hell is an exclusionary? Uh, I don't know. A lot of people in my comments have been telling me to use cisgender, 
but I don't know. I feel like biological women is a good descriptor. Do you, like, are you one of, uh, I'm not going to say those people, but being a younger person, my daughter just graduated from Indiana, my stepdaughter Harvard, so I'm not, you know, I'm not some old man that doesn't understand. In your day-to-day life, are you very conscious of, I guess, pronouns and not being exclusionary? And in that class, was it, I guess, told to you I was that, hey, look, all exclusionary language will not be tolerated? I mean, how does it work on a college campus in that class? I don't know. This class must just be special because I've never had an issue like this in any other classes. And in daily life, I don't know. I don't really use pronouns because you don't go up to someone and not say their name. You don't call them she, her when you're talking to that person. So the whole pronoun thing is absurd to me. Uh, How did your parents react when they found this out? (laughs) They were pretty shocked as well, but... Uh, They helped me with writing my emails and keeping it professional rather than getting all upset that she just failed me on an assignment. But they've been supportive. When when you go through something like this, because it's, I love your shirt, by the way, never back down. That's awesome, really. I mean, that's spectacular. And and it's true. There's no reason for anybody. Actually, it's sad that you got to wear that shirt. Um, But do you feel, as a woman, that the term biological woman is offensive? No. Well, I think it's ridiculous (laughs) that I have to put biological in front of woman these days. Right. Okay, so having said that, do you feel like you're outnumbered on campus for thinking logically, or is this this more of a made-up media kind of deal? That's a good question. I think it's half and half, to be honest. I think... Uh, I've had a lot of supporters coming to me and saying the same thing is happening to me. Like, thank you for sticking up. We're tired of all of this. But then I've had other people who are like, you're transphobic and like, you need to, you know, I don't know. <laughs> They've just been pretty mean people on there. But So do you believe that Cincinnati allows diversity of thought? I mean, are you allowed to to think the uh, can you think outside of somebody that's a leftist thinks or are 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 independent thoughts tolerated in your view at Cincinnati apparently not in that class but overall no definitely not if you have dissenting views or opinions you're you're probably going to have a rough grade you're going to have a rough time in that class and that's just because all these teachers have political agendas they're trying to push onto their students and it shouldn't be that way it should be unbiased grading because it's about academic integrity. It's about your work, your quality of work, not your opinions. Well, then that brings me to this question. You know, in a class like a woman's gender studies or in a, in a class that's not just mathematics or something like that, what percent of professors actually do try to push an agenda on the class? In my experience, I've had quite a few. I've never had it where my grade is actually affected. Well, in this class, I did have another assignment where my grade was affected because of something like this. But I would definitely say that you can tell when your teacher has an agenda and you kind of just have to conform to it just to get through the class. What what was the other thing that you apparently got your grade changed or your grade downgraded for? What did you say then? Oh, we had a discussion about privilege and I said that it well I countered someone else's argument and I said it was unfair to generalize and say that all white men were privileged and then she docked my grade and said that pretty much that's not true 
Well, I read that. I, I, I read that. What, what, what was the, like, what was her answer? I mean, it, it, you know, when you use always or never or everyone, that's kind of dangerous, right? And that's all you're saying, correct? What, what was her, what was the other side of it? What was her side of it? If I recall correctly, she pretty much just said that it is very important to recognize that all white men were privileged, and that was the end of it. I read that. I, 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 I was, you know, it's amazing to me. I mean, I guess I'm privileged. I don't know. I work, seem like everybody works pretty hard that ends up doing pretty well. Uh, you staying at Cincinnati? Are you good with the University of Cincinnati? Yeah, I'm going to stay there just because I'm so close to graduating and I don't want to have to switch schools and everything now just because of one professor. And that would also be like me backing down if I like left just because one professor was like this. What, what do you want to happen to the professor? Um, I don't necessarily know. I have no intention of sending negative messages towards her, getting her fired or anything like that. But you know what? Just slapping her hand and letting her get away with this is not enough because she's going to continue to do it to other students. So I'm just going to have to wait and see what the school decides, if anything. You know, that's exactly... That's exactly right. Like Riley Gaines comes on our show. I assume you're familiar with Riley and, and, and her fight. You, you, you have to speak up because I think so many people are afraid to speak up. My friend Sage Steele is in a lawsuit for speaking up. My other friend I work with, Sam Ponder, just got called a bigot in, in USA Today for speaking up. But you have to. You, you, you can't just, I don't know. And, I, and I, I commend you for it. Thank you for speaking up because it can't be the easiest thing to do as a 20-year-old. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's definitely rough because you have your face out there and so many people are like, you know, attacking you for your looks, for your opinion, for every little thing. So you just have to not look at it and be like, okay, that person's just disagreeing with me and trying to attack me, whatever. So. Isn't it amazing? Isn't, isn't it amazing how instead of being, you know, having a conversation, you know, about you or with you about the subject, people immediately go to, you know, how you look like you just said or what you're wearing or what you posted 10 years ago or whatever, right? It's never about the actual subject. It's fascinating, really. It is, yeah. And a lot of people who go on and tell me that I'm transphobic, that's not true because I don't care how someone else wants to dress. Like, that's fine, whatever. But when you tell me that I can't use a word in a paper and fail me or say that I'm transphobic for saying that men shouldn't be in women's sports, that's insane. It's absolutely insane. Uh, was uh, what, uh, last thing before I let you go. I'm sorry to keep you so long. Um, did are you familiar with the whole Leah Thomas thing? Correct and 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 swimming and all that. The one thing that really bothers me as a dad, and it, you know, is allowing a man in women's spaces, right? Uh, just in in their locker room. You know what I mean? Dressing naked, whatever. You know, and that that really bothers me. And I don't understand how anybody that it can can have another side to that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think society has lost all reasoning and decency at this point. I mean, to allow a biological man with everything intact in a women's space that's supposed to be protected and comfortable for women is right. beyond me. It just doesn't. Well, keep thinking logically, keep standing up and fighting, and I cannot thank you uh, enough. You're awesome. You're absolutely awesome. Keep fighting. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. 
Yeah, I mean, how awesome is she, man? I mean, look, that's got to be hard to all of a sudden you get a zero and you look around and you're like, wait a second, I got to fight this. Man, Olivia Krolchek is freaking awesome. And if you're making comments about here, you're an idiot because that young lady has strength. That young lady has smart. That young lady is somebody that I would hire in a second for any freaking job that I had because she's not afraid. And I love talking to smart women. I just love it. I got a lot to get to when we come back. Hookstead is going to join us. David Hookstead has a great thing that he put out on Twitter this morning. I'm going to read it when we come back and then we're going to talk about it at 10 o'clock. This is awesome. Tell your friends, we need more viewers. Let's go. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. The YouTube channel, you ain't wrong, brother. We have a great booking agent. We actually have great booking agents, and I thank you for being nice and for being here. But Olivia Krolchek is absolutely great. Can you imagine? You can't even say in these idiot professors world, you can't even say biological female. Really? All right. Well, uh, uh, my bad. I said biological female. Hey, my boy, you know who I'm talking about. Nikolai Jokic absolutely crushed souls last night. He went for 32, 21 and 10. Although I'm going to say this. And rebounding is a little overrated, particularly on the defensive side. Nobody really goes to the backboard. He just scoops up every missed shot because, really, uh, Miami Heat don't exactly pound the offensive glass, but I don't care. And Jamal Murray went for 34, 10, and 10. First time anybody's gone for a 30-20 triple-double. First time teammates have gone and been teammates for triple-doubles in the NBA final. It is Fantastic. And I will never stop saying this. I won't. Stars need to be stars. You can't argue with me on this. Remember way back, Walter Payton decided he was going to lock himself in a room and cry because he didn't get a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I don't blame him. Stars got to be stars. I'm just saying, you know, you want to get mad, glad, angry, or sad, then fine. Let me ask you a question. Simple question. And I, I needed to get Ennis Cantor Freedom on to answer this question, but a number of NBA former players uh, have retweeted me and have commented and liked what I said. Why are all these media guys, why are all these media twerps so up in arms, so jacked up about the live tour slash uh, Saudi Arabia and are saying nothing, zero zip, when it comes to the NBA and China? I will tell you why. One, the NBA media is the lamest of medias. They all want to be part of the scene. And two, maybe you could make the argument that China doesn't own the NBA like LiveTour is now owning or the investment fund is now owning uh, the golf tours. But I would ask, why aren't they so up in arms? Serious business. Why? Now, Messi just came out and said that he went to Miami because he didn't want the Saudis' money. It's great. Yay, Rock, go fight, win. But nobody's really up in arms about the NBA in China. I'd never see, never, ever, ever see anybody upset. The third or fourth reason is because of racism. Of course, you're afraid to go at the NBA because people are going to say, well, you're just mad 75% of the players are black. I don't give a damn if 85% players are black, if 5% of the players are black. If you're going to get angry about where the money comes from, from Saudi Arabia relative to the PGA Tour, and you're going to get all sanctimonious, then guess what? You're going to have to figure it out because Saudi Arabia is going to get into more sports. There is a report out there 
that Saudi Arabia could potentially buy a, get this, NFL team. Now, serious, think about that for just a second. Please, seriously, just think about that for just a second. The NFL, the biggest entity in American sports, going and getting ownership from a Saudi Arabian team. I do not think that's going to happen. I don't. Do you? With all the angst going on right now, do you actually think that a Saudi Arabian entity could buy into the NFL? i tell you what it could do. It could buy the NFL. Like, if the NFL wanted to put its entire structure up for sale, the Saudis would be the first bidder. Saudis would buy it today, tomorrow, or the next day. But there is a story out there that Saudi Arabia may be, in fact, in the market, in the market, to buy an NFL team. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, All of this hypocrisy, I honestly don't care about anymore. I want to care. I do. Like, I want to bang my chest. I bang my chest left West Virginia. I banged my chest, made Indiana guys stop smoking weed and be human beings. You know what got me? Squat. It didn't get me jack squat. It got me less money at Bowling Green, and it got me out of there at Indiana. Because the truth of the matter is, all we really care about, don't we? All we really care about is watching teams win or lose. That's it. Uh, The College Football Players Organization is organizing a boycott of the 2024 EA Sports College Football Game. That's right. That's right. They're mad. They want a bigger payout. The payout for athletes is supposed to be, supposedly, $500. They should not into it. That's a ridiculously low amount of money. What do I always tell you? Mo money, mo problems. Period. That's it. So now you open this Pandora's box. And I remember hearing athletes saying, well, we don't get anything. And a few years ago, I said this. I was walking my dog and I was bored. And I said, yeah, these athletes that say they don't get anything. First, they should be brought in and said, all right, what's the value of your scholarship? Do you have any idea? None of them would know. And then you tell them. And then, if they don't like it, kick them out. Well, next thing you know, it makes the New York Post. Next thing you know, I'm on outside the lines, and I'm explaining myself with Bomani Jones and all these guys that wanted to come at me. And after I got done explaining myself, they're like, oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. Because athletes did not know what they were getting, yet they were complaining. So then it became, well, if we could just get anything. If we could, you know, we deserve something. Well, you're getting something, $500 to have your face in the game. All right, that ain't enough because it's never enough. I want you to think about this. At your job, you get a raise. Hey, what do you get? (laughs) At your job, you get a bonus. Oh, I thought the bonus would be bigger. Very rarely, it happens, but very rarely do people say, oh, yeah, yeah. You're not going to believe this, but I have never, not once in my life, cared about money. Not once. Zero. I got an agent to do it uh, when I got into broadcasting. I didn't give a rip about money. If I cared about money, I'd have stayed at West Virginia and lived happily ever after. Never cared. Somebody asked me, what would you make as an assistant at Indiana University? 
I did not know, but I saw in an article that I was, I was Googling myself to see how many idiots are writing, you know, rotten things about me. And I came across an article about Bob Knight and it said that I was making $58,000 my last year in Indiana. They make over 400 now as an assistant in Indiana and their assistants suck. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I'm serious. What can I tell you? By the way, the Reds are fun now. Red's got some dudes that go large. Yeah. All right. Uh, Leah Thomas's pen teammate. Yeah, she's not having it. And good. You know what? Like, this is why we do this show. Because you guys on this show that watch this show uh, demand that we speak on issues. All right? Paula Scanlon is a former pen teammate of Leah Thomas, the dude. There he is. The university, Penn, wanted us to be quiet, and they did it in a very effective way. They continued to tell us that our opinions were wrong and that if we had an issue with it, we were the problem. The opinion is, hey, look, I don't want this dude swinging his junk in a women's locker room. We shouldn't have to compete against a dude that was 700th in the uh, college ranks and now is number one in our ranks because he says he's a chick. That ain't wrong. How is that wrong? They effectively silenced us, even within talking to each other. It's frightening, and your future job is on the line. She's right. Because as you just heard from Olivia, hey, man, you speak out. You're transphobic. The worst human being on the planet, nonviolent crime division, is Nancy Amore. Because Sam Ponder happened, just happened, to speak out. Uh, (laughs) to speak out on a transgender issue, and she got called a bigot. See, she's trying, Amor is, to stifle free speech, and it's true. I mean, let's be honest. That's why I love women like Gritty Jen. She's not afraid. Gritty Jen, not afraid. And Gritty Jen has compassion. She's on our YouTube chat. She'll go to a pride parade and send me pictures and say, look, this was peaceful and fun. Whereas I'm sending pictures that say, look, this is dangerous and guys are whipping each other. And she's right and I'm right. It's both, but it's nice to discuss with people actual instead of being threatened. And the University of Pennsylvania should be ashamed of themselves. They should absolutely be ashamed of themselves because, frankly, you shouldn't squash young people's free speech. Frankly, you should encourage young people's free speech. I mean, watch the Bill Walton 30 for 30. I just watched it with the sound down. I was at a golf uh, outing, and I just sat there, was eating, and I saw it, and they showed protests and peaceful, and Walton was involved. We should encourage that. When I was in college, I told you this. They had a thing called Shantytown in Dunmeadow in Bloomington. I went there. I just wanted to be a part of the scene. Truthfully, I went there because Walton had gone there. I wasn't any good. There wasn't anybody going to care that I went there. And there was a couple of hot girls that were going there from a sorority. So I thought, hey, look, I'll sniff around. And I didn't. I spent the night. No sex, but I had a good time. What can I tell you? Summer of love, baby. But anyway, we should be encouraging young people to speak out. We should be encouraging Paula Scanlon to speak out, not discouraging, not doing what Nancy Amore did and publicly call somebody a bigot because they have an opinion different than yours. It does not make any sense. What's the other tweet we got here? We got another one somewhere here on this, on this same subject here. It's, it, you hear all these women's voices and then all of a sudden you hear a man's voice. I'd always kind of jump a little bit. Oh, maybe an employee of the building got in the locker room or he's taking out the trash. And I would realize 
Actually, that's a person on my team speaking. That's horrific. Like, I don't give a crap. I don't care what you say. That is awful for young women. And if I was a father of one of these women, I'd be hostile. And then I'd hear some academic who's scared for their job. Well, you're being transphobic. No, I'm not. I'm protecting my daughter from a dude in the locker room. A dude in the freaking locker room. You want to let him participate? Good. There's a locker room over there. He wants to be serious about his transition. Cut the junk off, tuck it on up there, and be a woman. Don't be some dude swinging your junk around, and next thing you know, you're sitting next to your teammates with your packy all out. It's ridiculous. It's sad. It's tragic. It is tragic. Some dude. What kind of dude does that anyway? Like, I get it. You're trying to be a trailblazer. We all get it. Cap money is good money. This dude, Thomas, is trying to be a trailblazer. Great, but have some respect for others. It isn't always about you, transgender people. It's not. I don't care what you think. It's not. I do care what you think, but it's not always about you. It's not. But you always make it about you. Well, we're, we're not allowed. What aren't you allowed to do? I tell you what you're not allowed to do. Like the transgender guy, girl, whatever the hell, dressed up, red dress. Hey, can I ask you guys a question? As my wife and I were walking back from dinner at freaking Minnesota. No, you can't ask us a question. No. I don't want anything about you. No. No. Just got a text from a very popular basketball coach. Why on my why is the media so jacked up about living Saudis and so silent on China and the NBA? Fraud's always gonna be frauds. I uh got a text that said bingo. <laughs> Tell it from the smartest guy I know in college basketball. No, I'm just telling you, it just makes me nuts. I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, uh coming up is going to be this series on the uh, Florida Gators. And I, I'm waiting to hear back from Urban when we're going to, or if we're going to have him on. Hell, if I was Urban, uh, you know, I, I, I'd come on our show because it's fun. But Aaron Murray, remember Aaron Murray? Aaron Murray was a terrific quarterback coming out of high school. He's recruited by everybody. Ultimately, he went to Georgia. His father told him, he said, hey, look, stay close to Tebow and away from Aaron Hernandez. That was after a visit. It's always easy to see. It is. It's easy to see on a team who you should stay around. Like, saying you should stay around, uh, Tim Tebow, pretty good advice, right? Saying you should stay away from Aaron Hernandez now looks like pretty good advice, but good for Aaron Murray's dad having some really, really good insight. Really good. Like, my son figured it out on his own when he went to Michigan. There were a couple very well-known guys that he's like, yeah, I ain't hanging with them. Yeah, I'm not doing it. And one of them eventually flunked out, and the others are great guys, but he's like, yeah, they do stupid things. I'm not, I'm not doing it. So whenever I think about I was too hard on my children, I think about that, where Andrew was smart enough to know who to hang out with, who not to hang out with, and he could read the room. And then I think to myself, damn, I did a pretty good job as a father if you could figure that kind of stuff out. Seriously, think about it. Yes, the new Florida documentary is going to be must-see. Urban told me it is not a hit piece. It's going to be very interesting. And I, ladies and gentlemen, am looking forward to seeing it. You know, I don't know what OnlyFans is. I don't know what OnlyFans is. My brother first introduced me to OnlyFans. My brother was raising money for a massive project. He still is. We're trying to bring baseball to Michigan City, Indiana. 
and hotels and everything else. And my brother's the lead guy on this development. He's trying to raise money. We're playing golf. He goes, hey, man, you know what this OnlyFans is? I go, I don't know, fan website? He goes, no, it's where girls sell subscriptions to basically uh, watch them dance around naked or perform or whatever. I go, yeah, I don't know anything about it. He goes, well, he goes, I got a call from an agent. He goes, these girls are making upwards of a million a month and they need places to hide their money. I'm like, really? I go, what are you doing? He goes, well, they want to put together a group to invest in our downtown project. I think it was the one in Michigan City. I'm sure it is. So I'm like, really? He goes, yeah. So I looked into it. I'm like, hey, Tom, don't get involved in that. Like, you know, I'm a big believer in that karma comes back. So an OnlyFans star, Ella Brooke, who makes it very, very triple X. Ella Brooke is apparently a star in the OnlyFans world. You know who I'm talking about, you guys on the YouTube chat. Yeah, you know her. Don't act like you don't. You guys are putting quarters into the machine to see more. Well, that's a reference to Times Square circa 1981, but I digress. So anyway, uh, Ella Brooke says, look, she was asked about her future kids. Said, you know what? They can cry in a Ferrari if they don't like what mama's doing. Hey, look, that's a capitalist. That is. She's a capitalist. She's like, look, I'm here to make money. I'm going to make this money. Yes, it isn't going to be great for my children when they realize that mama's a porn star, very public porn star, not just in the closet porn star, like a lot of porn stars are. She's out there, right? I guess, I guess maybe porn stars aren't closet. They used to be. But now I guess they're out there and it's accepted because, well, we live in a third world country. But long story short, uh, this lady's like, hey, screw it. Screw it. Take your Ferrari. Drive around and cry. Well, here's the problem. I guarantee you, little miss daughter of porn uh, queen Ella Brooke gets in the same business. Like, look, I'm 60 years old, soon to be 61. I've paid attention in life, okay? And you can almost tell, and Lee would agree with this, by the parents and what they do, what the kids are going to become. Not 100%. Nothing's 100%. Right? Right. Thank you, Lee. But close, you can tell. So porn star lady that doesn't care, watch what happens 30 years from now, I'll be dead. But this young lady, porn star girl, will have kids that end up being all jacked up. You just, hey, look, I get it. How can you say that? That's so horrible. Yay, Ra, say whatever you want to me, but I've paid attention. The one thing I've done in this world since I was like 10 years old is pay the hell attention. I remember everything. I see things others don't because I pay the hell attention. So wait for it. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Um, This is just sick. An Instagram algorithm boosted vast pedophile markets, a report claim. Now, let me go into this for just a second, if you don't mind. Subscribe to our YouTube and OnlyFans. Tell me who's the hottest star. Is there anybody famous on OnlyFans? Only Dan's. <laughs> Look, I'll give you a little of this. I'll give you a little of that. Subscribe now. <laughs> there it is. Did you hear that pop? Yeah, I know what you just did there, Sean Black. Hey, 
Don't go, don't go to the Jurgens in a moist towel just yet. You hang in there with me, okay? I know that that got everybody all excited. But an algorithm that actually promotes this crap to a pedophilia market is, I'm for shutting it all down. If you were going to ask, Dan, what would you like to see happen with social media? Shut it all down. I don't consider YouTube social media. I consider YouTube, uh, frankly, I consider YouTube television. I'm a TV star. Every day you get a lot of this. I'd shut the whole freaking thing down. I would. I'd shut it down. I'd say, look, if you're going to get into pedophiles, you're done. Done. Sorry, done. D-U-N, done. Had enough. Thank you for your playing. Goodbye. So if that's what you're going to do on Instagram, you got to shut it down. Period. My opinion. Doesn't mean it's right. Uh, Damian Lillard, I've had enough of. I'm sorry. I've had enough of Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard scores some points, and then we got to hear about him. All we do is hear about Dame. Hey, Dame, you know, all the cool kids in NBA media, Dame did this. I've had enough. Win something. But Damian Lillard is always doing this. Hey, I'd want out of Portland. You'd want out of Portland. But Damian Lillard says, well, the Heat, the Nets, obvious choices for trade. Here's Damian Lillard. I'm tired of Damian Lillard. I'm sorry. Shoot me. Everybody keeps saying Damian Lillard is going to be traded to the Knicks. Damian Lillard's going to be traded to the Heat. Damian Lillard should be traded to the Celtics. Damian Lillard's going to be traded to the Nets. If one of those trades went went through out of those teams, which one would you be like, ah, eh, that's not too bad? <laughs> Miami, obviously. <laughs> 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 Miami is the obvious one. And Bam is my dog. Bam is my dog for real. But I mean, I think Miami the obvious one. Brooklyn is obvious one. Is another obvious one because Mikael Bridges is my dog too. So I mean, and both ha- and both are you know capable. Have ha 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 What the hell was so funny? Brian Custer is an idiot. The guys that work with him are like, Jesus Christ, on Tuesday nights, Robbie Hummel got smart and got away from that clown. <laughs> Obviously, the heat. <laughs> I'm telling you, NBA media is idiotic. There's nothing dumber than NBA media. I mean, they kiss the backside. A guy like Brian Custer would kill, kill to hang out one night with Damian Lillard. Who gives a rats? Damian Lillard's under a massive contract with the freaking uh, Portland Trailblazers. Who gives a rats? Serious business. Who cares? Who cares what Damian Lillard wants? You're under contract. How about a little respect for your contract? <laughs> ESPN hires idiots, man. Oh, we got Hookstead. We're going to talk. Bryson DeChambeau had some interesting comments about, well, a lot of different things. Now, look. Again, I say this, you guys may not agree with me, but I don't need my politics from players. You guys, I don't need my morals. I don't need my morals from uh, politicians. I need just shut up. I'm tired. Hit a ball, Bryson, and I don't want to hear it. Let's go. We'll be right back with Hookstead. That's it. I got to take a break. 
We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Uh, David Hookstead is a genius. I want that out there before uh, I go any farther. And you must follow him. You must follow him and you must watch him because he has great stuff uh, about our veterans. He does. Great, great stuff. And I'm going to jump right into this with you. Bryson DeChambeau yesterday. Look, I I know sometimes you get up and you're kind of trapped on a microphone and you maybe say something that, you know, you look back and you're like, ah, crap. But he he stepped in it pretty good, did he not? He's, he couldn't have stepped in it any worse. Whenever you get asked about 9-11 and your response was, well, it was 20 years ago, time to move on, it's all about forgiveness now, you, you've already entered the wrong door, you're walking down the wrong path. When you get asked about 9-11, you, you answer very simply, it was terrible, we will never forget it, and we will always avenge those who were lost and all the soldiers that were lost afterwards. Instead, Bryson DeChambeau tried to play this weird game where he says, yes, 9-11 is bad, but it was 20 years ago, so who cares? 20 years ago. Pearl Harbor was over 80 years ago. Is that not a tragic situation anymore to him? And the reality of the situation is this. He doesn't come off as a very bright guy in that interview. I feel terrible for the people. Imagine watching that, Dan, and your dad died 9-11, or your mom died 9-11, and Bryson DeChambeau's response is, hey, it was 20 years ago. Get over it. No, Bryson, we won't get over it. Thousands of Americans died. It's disgusting that he said that. I'm appalled. I am truly, honestly appalled he thought that was appropriate. Yeah, and he said, nobody's perfect. What? Okay, I'm not perfect, but I'm not doing that. And I'm not doing what they do on a daily basis. Like, I may take a pee outside and my neighbor may see me. I don't know. Or I, I don't know. But I, that ain't being perfect. That's I, – I couldn't believe he was that stupid. Let's put it that way. That's being pure evil. And I want to point out for the audience, there is a bit of a nuance when it comes to Saudi Arabia because the Saudi Arabian royal family has worked with the United States and has worked to some degree in fighting terrorism. However, Saudi Arabia, according to our own DOJ, our own Department of Justice, is the number one exporter of terrorism around the world. That's not an opinion. That's not me just spouting off. That is the assessment of the United States government, okay? So, Here's what I would tell any live golfer who gets asked about 9-11 or anything related to terrorism. What you say is this. It's very simple. You say, look, Saudi Arabia has terrorists in it. And when the government of Saudi Arabia finds those terrorists, they execute them. The government of Saudi Arabia has stood with Bush, Obama, uh, Trump, and Biden when it comes to fighting terrorism. You cannot blame the government for the actions of the terrorists within the borders. If Bryson DeChambeau had said that, That would have been a fair and honest assessment of the situation. A little more nuanced still, but instead, time to move on. It was 20 years ago. No, it's not time to move on. It'll never be time to move on. And the the nobody is perfect. Are you kidding me? They flew planes into buildings full of civilians, Dan. Nobody is perfect. You got to be joking. I agree. Like I I say, man, uh, all right, well, uh, I forgot to go get the the Bud Light or beer or whatever. Uh, sorry, honey, I'm not perfect. Not flying freaking planes into buildings, not t- pulling off master plan terrorist attacks. You know, the live golf thing is fascinating to me, and I, I want your opinion on this. 
All of these journalists have stood up and they're really mad about live uh, Saudi Arabia. I haven't heard a word from the NBA media about China. Like China funds and house terrorists. China kills its people. China is as bad as any country maybe in the history uh, of the world. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, Hitler and those idiots are number one. But China's getting there. China, but I don't hear a word about it. I don't, I don't hear a well, word that, about it. Nothing. That's a, that's a great point, Dan. And here's what I would say. The Chinese are the most evil government on the face of the planet today. What Saudi Arabia right. does pales, pales in comparison. China puts the Uyghurs in concentration camps. There are no human rights. If you speak out against the government, you're lined up against the wall and shot. They are rapidly attempting to expand in the region. They want a war with the United States. They are begging for a conflict with the United States. They are our enemy. Say what you want about Saudi Arabia. They have their own problems. Saudi Arabia is a strategic partnership. We get some good out of them. China, other than manufacturing cheap products, gives us nothing. And there will be a war someday. And anyone who thinks China is anything less than evil is an ignorant moron. Yeah, but but crickets like Ennis Cantor speaks out crickets. Nobody speaks out. Nobody like I, you know, and, and this is what I've always said. And, and, you know, everybody, you can get mad at me, whatever. But when you break through all of it, money talks, bullshit walks. That's it. I mean, yes. that's the greatest saying ever. And we saw it with live. We see it with the NBA. Let's be honest. Money talks BS out the window. Well, think of it this way, Dan, too. Nobody wants to go against China because no one wants to lose access, which goes to the point you just made. If you're an NBA reporter and you start smashing China, what do you think is going to happen? Your credentials are going to get pulled. Your coverage is going to get squashed. Beijing's going to call Adam Silver. Adam Silver doesn't use the bathroom in the morning without first asking the CCP for permission. That's the kind of relationship they have. It's that simple. So it's not. It, there's nothing to gain in their eyes of attacking China. Enos Cantor is a brave human. He puts his life on the line by speaking out. But attacking Saudi Arabia, that's simple, that's sexy, if you don't understand the nuances. So yeah, it, it, it's a great double standard. If you are gonna attack Saudi Arabia as a journalist, which I'm more than okay with, you absolutely have to attack China because they're infinitely worse when it comes to the force in the world. And I will say credit to OutKick. We have never been afraid to attack the communist dictatorship in Beijing. We'll attack them today, we'll attack them tomorrow, we'll attack them forever, because OutKick cares about the truth, and the truth is the CCP is evil. It is evil, and, you know, if you want to rank them, you can rank Hitler and his regime with the with China right now, uh, you know, Russian. But evil is the exact right word. Let me ask you, um, when when... I want to get into a gambling thing with you and get your get your take on this. You're the perfect guest today because we can go a lot of different ways. So here in Indianapolis, Isaiah Rogers Sr. Uh, gets he's investigated, you know, busted, whatever word you want to say. He awaits whatever the ruling is. All right. The NFL, like I get if you bet on your sport, if you bet on your game, you're done. Like, OK, I, I get that from a coaching perspective, from a former player perspective. I totally get that. All right. But what I don't get is I'm sitting in the locker room. You and I are sitting in the locker room, and you're like, you know what? Uh, I, I really like uh, – I, I, I do. I, I really like Duke to beat North Carolina tonight. And I'm on my phone, and I put it on my DraftKings, and then you get busted from doing it from the facility. Like, what is the facility? Church? 
See, I think it's total hypocrisy that the NFL that makes $2.4 billion doesn't necessarily get mad about you gambling. They get mad because it's in their facility. What? what? Is it a sanctuary? Shut up. That makes no sense. Of all the things that have ever happened inside the walls of an NFL facility, gambling doesn't even crack the top 500 most salacious, and we all know it. I totally agree with you. Look, you can't gamble on your own sport. You definitely can't gamble on your own team. The the truth is you could influence the outcome, and even if you couldn't influence the outcome, the perception of wrongdoing is not something the NFL should tolerate. However, if you're an NFL player, why can't you bet on tennis? Is the belief that you're going to be able to somehow alter a tennis match because you play for the Buffalo Bills or an NHL game? That makes no sense. I totally think you draw the line within the sport because you could have an impact or you know inside information. Restricting gambling on any sport, even college sports, which they're not a part of, is crazy. It makes no sense whatsoever to me. Like, look, if we're going to have no gambling – then fine, I'm cool. Hey, you know, back in the day, my day, uh, you had no gambling, all right? Uh, A little bit after my day, in the 90s, you had two, three teams fixing games. Actually, I coached in a game against Toledo that Toledo fixed in the second half. I ain't mad about it. We got to win. Hell, I could care less. Fix it all. I hope they fix every one of them against me. You know what I mean? Uh, So if you want to do that, fine. But Like, there's going to be, and I think there already is, there's going to be places, DraftKings, FanDuel, in Lucas Oil Stadium, where you can go to a kiosk and place bets there, in the NFL facility. Like, and the NFL's going to get mad about players placing bets in the facility? It's just total crap to me. It's garbage. It's hypocrisy. I don't like it. Yeah, Don't like it. The inside of... The inside the facility things doesn't make sense. But here's what else I would say, Dan. Why, if you're a multimillionaire athlete, you know the rules. You're getting paid millions of yeah, dollars to play on yeah. Sunday. Oh, yeah. Why are you risking? Why are you risking it over yeah. some small sports bets? That doesn't. That that also makes zero sense. Yeah, two point seven million dollars. Like, look, I I I think Isaiah Rogers Senior, you know, would would be successful. He's a bright guy. But he ain't making $2.7 million taking that UMass degree, if he has one, for a spin in any other industry. That $2.7, uh-uh, that ain't happening. That's a lot of money for schleps like you and me and normal people. Right. That's low paid in the NFL, and he put all that at risk. You're right. I can't argue that point at all, not even a little. No, that, 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 if, follow the money, like you said earlier. Uh, follow the money. The money's in your contract. Don't do anything that risks your contract money. It's that simple. All right. Uh, as we move along, is it racist to vote for Nikolai Jokic for finals MVP? Or is it, you know, are we past that? Are we okay if we want to do that? Well, look, I think people should do whatever they want to do. But unfortunately, we've come to the point of America where racism now seems like an industry in the media. Right. There always has to be something racist about everything. And I guess the newest thing is if you vote for the best big man in the NBA on a team in the NBA finals, you inherently are racist because there's better black players in the league. It doesn't make any sense. The guy put up huge numbers. He's a star. He's won it before. He's the best Serbian player in the history of the NBA. 
But you don't get TV ratings by stating the truth. You get TV ratings on ESPN by pissing people off. How do you do that? You play the race card. When all else fails, Dan, you flash that race card on the table and you hope like hell it works. And anyone who argues it's racist to vote for them, that is literally all they're doing. They should be ashamed. And we will call you out for it. We won't tolerate it. I'm glad you said the best Serbian player in the NBA. I did not make the NBA, so I'm still the best Serbian player <laughs> not to make the NBA. At least that's my story. All right. I got to read this tweet that you put out because it was so good. I've always said this. There used to be a show, David, where, and I forget how long it was on. It wasn't very long, where a guy put a pin, in, you know, he, he, he got a, they went to a town. And they got the phone book, and they put the pages, and he threw a dart at the phone book, and he came across a name. And they went, and they told the story of whoever that was, whoever the name was. And look, it may have been set up. I don't know, but I like the show because it's like it, it goes to something that I've always said. You never know somebody's story. You never, ever, ever know what somebody is dealing with. You just don't. So you put a tweet out that says you'll probably never meet your favorite movie star or your favorite musician. Chances, they're not that great of a person behind closed door. You say this, however, there's likely a war hero or businessman in your hometown with a story waiting to be told. Find them and just talk. I got goosebumps, seriously, from reading that tweet. That is so good. Thank you. I appreciate it, Dan. The reality is this. I've met some famous people, and I have had very few positive interactions with them once you actually get to know them. Now, that doesn't apply to everyone. Some of them are very nice people, but remember, they're acting, they're reading lines. That's not what they're like in reality. However, having said that, I've met some incredible people, as you know, they just walk around, they look like normal dudes, and their life stories are better than anything Hollywood could ever produce. I'll give you one quick example. There's a German restaurant I enjoy going to in Washington, D.C. There's a man in his 70s that is always there. He's a regular. He likes to come in on the weekends. I strike up a conversation with this guy. I find out he's a retired colonel, special forces, was down in different parts of the world. I don't want to give away too many details publicly. Most fascinating life story you could ever hope to hear. And this guy is just living life. You can't see that in the movies. That's all fake. That's fiction 99.9% .9 of the time. But unless you ask, unless you search those stories out, you're never going to find stuff like that. And people are so obsessed with celebrities, it makes me a little bit sick. They're reading lines. They're singing lyrics. It's all fake. You can enjoy it. I love movies. I love music. That's not real life, though. It's just not. The, the elderly man who's maybe in his 90s in your local nursing home, maybe he liberated a concentration camp. Maybe the guy who's 70 who lives down the street fought in the jungles of Vietnam. Or maybe the 50-year-old down the street started a business as a single father. or Whatever it might be, those are real-life stories to learn something from. And I wish young people would talk to those people instead of sit on TikTok and idolize people they don't even know. You know, I told you this off air. I was playing golf the other day with a guy that we just started talking. He, 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 we were, uh, and he started. He told me that he has a son. His youngest son is a drag queen, and I'm like, wow. And we had a conversation about how he and his wife. He said his wife would host a Republican national convention in their backyard if the if the backyard was big enough. That's how Republican she is. 
Uh, you know, and then he told me, yeah, he goes, you know, I've seen your rants about drag queens. And he, and he told me, he goes, you're absolutely right. He goes, my son's not going to, he will not perform in front of children. It's inappropriate to perform in front of children. And he's a happy dude. But I would have never known that unless, guess what? I asked him about his life. That's the one thing that drives me nuts. People don't ask about others' lives. You're naturally curious. I'm naturally curious about a variety of things. And it serves us well to ask about other people's lives because I'm telling you, real world people, 90% of the time, it's a fascinating story what they've been through. It is. Right, absolutely. And how are you supposed to grow as a person and find out what interests you if you just focus on yourself? Unfortunately, we do live in an era where social media, Instagram teaches young people, like me, like me, like me. No, it's not about you. It's about other people. Learn some stories, and once you start down that path, you might never want to stop. And I'll say this, education breaks down barriers. The more you learn about other people, the story you just tell, told is an amazing example. The more you learn about people, the more barriers you're going to cross over, and you're just going to be a more educated, well-rounded person. It, to me, that's how I view it. All right, my wife has said for years, we are just moments away from the walking dead, zombies walking among us, and UFOs and aliens walking among us. Word on the street is that aliens have acted malevolent uh, during contact with humans. That's from a USOFO, UFO whistleblower. Where are you at on the UFO situation? So I'm not going to say, I don't know if aliens are real or not. I, I like to keep an open mind like we literally just talked about. But there's some interesting parts of this. This is a government whistleblower, former intel officer. He is backed up by multiple other government officials. He has whistleblower protection, and he has handed over his evidence to members of the United States Congress. So this is not a crackpot, whack job on TV. This is an actual government process that has been confirmed Check and is playing out. Doesn't does mean, does mean he's telling the truth. Having said that... There's a lot of smoke, and when there's smoke, there can be fire. Just today at OutKick, you can read all about it, police in Las Vegas saw something fall out of the sky, and mere moments later, a 911 call came in that a man thought aliens were in his backyard. Not saying it's true, I don't know, but the police said they saw it as well. I think, you know what? I would not rule it out, Dan. I wouldn't rule it out. I'm not going to say it's totally true, but if the aliens are here, the real fascinating question is, what happens next? I don't know if I have an answer to that. Yeah, I mean, are they going to play women's sports? Oh, man. Could you imagine explaining to an alien? Um, could you imagine <laughs> explaining the transgender debate to an alien that dropped down from Mars and you got to explain to him why a man is swimming, why <laughs> Leah Thomas, a six foot four man, is crushing women in the pool. They'd look at you like you're, you're absolutely crazy. The claim he made that was most interesting wasn't just that the, U, the U.S. government has crafts that have non-human origin. His most fascinating claim is that the pilots died and the government has the bodies of the people that flew the craft. Crazy claim. Again, not saying it's true, but it is the most, it is the most important UFO story in decades because, again, the government is taking it seriously, which has never happened before. Well, I have, I have watched, because of my wife, enough documentaries on aliens to know that the one, I guess, thing, I guess, that the president of the United States, whether it's been, you know, Nixon or Ford or Carter or Reagan or Bush or Bush or Clinton or Obama or this guy or Trump, they are... They, they're not even 
what's the right word, privy to all of the alien information. It's like the one thing that they just all shut the living hell up about. It is fascinating, and Trump has said, I think, in this next election cycle, if he gets elected, he is going to disclose the alien stuff, which I think is fascinating moving forward. I think the whole thing is fascinating. Well, not only did Trump say he's going to declassify all the UFO stuff, and, and that's a good point. If aliens were real and Donald Trump was told about it, he would have tweeted about it immediately. So think Feel about like. it that way. He, yeah. He, he, also, he also said he's going to declassify all the JFK assassination information. So Trump's pitches elect me, and I'll tell you every secret you ever wanted to know about the U.S. government. Now, that's where <laughs> things might get real wild, Dan. We get into the JFK rabbit hole combined with UFOs, we might never come back. Yeah, I just watched the White House plumbers. I did not know that uh, Howard Hunt, E. Howard Hunt, or whatever the hell his name is, uh, was suspected of killing JFK. I did not know that. I, then I started, as I was watching uh, crazy-ass G. Gordon Liddy and Howard Hunt be idiots, I started reading a little bit more about it. And, man, a lot of folks think that Howard Hunt and you know his little crew were involved in the death of JFK. JFK is the murder that just won't go away. It's, it's never going away. It's never getting solved either. It, it, you're 100% right. Yeah, great TV show. I'm not entirely caught up, so I appreciate the no spoilers. Yeah, he was named as a possible person involved. Look, you can watch the JFK video for yourself on the internet and then ask yourself, does that match? Does the video match what we've all been told? I'm not going to weigh in on that here, but I think people can watch and come to their own conclusions. Yeah. Come to their own damn conclusion. Hey, great stuff, man. Thanks for coming on. I love talking to you. Love reading you. Thanks, Dan. See Watching you later. Watching you, too. At D. Hookstead is the place to go. Look, OutKick just went over a million people subscribing to our YouTube channel, and a lot of it is due to David Hookstead. No, I'm serious. Our writers are incredible because we don't have an agenda. I mean, let's be honest. You watch this show. You can say I have an agenda because you don't want to argue with me the facts, and it's easy just to say. But the fact of the matter is, I got no agenda here. I, I, look, here's my sheets. It's the news of the day spoken in an entertaining, loving way to my entertained, loved people. That's what we do here. Uh, Nike, geez, Nike plans oh, gender inclusive line for kids. Can we just leave kids out of it? I get it. There's probably a market for it. I get it. But why is this so difficult? Why, why a 15 year old goes in to get a tattoo, tattoo artist says you got to be 16 or 18. Why do we think that kids can, I don't know make decisions about being, I guess, another sex. You know, we were talking about it last night. I think a lot of you probably fall into this category either one way or the other. Maybe as a man, you like certain things. Maybe you didn't like sports. Maybe you like dolls. Who knows? Who cares? You know, but the truth of the matter is somebody, if you were, would have said to you, hey, look, you know, maybe you're not a boy. Maybe you're a girl. You know, when you're a little kid, you like picking your nose. When you're a little kid, you eat boogers. When you're a little kid, you eat dirt. When you're a little kid, you can sit outside 
go on your back, look at the stars for hours or look at the clouds for hours and not have a care in the world. You play kick the can. You don't, shouldn't be worried about whether you're going to get your pee-pee chopped off. Shouldn't be worried about whether you're going to get your breast read. You shouldn't worry about any of it. But all of these companies see money. All of these companies see we're going to add to the wokeness and we got to stop it. You're never going to stop it, but I am going to be a voice in it. And I've never been more proud to have left a company like ESPN and work for a company like this where I can speak about this because we're ruining our children. What are you doing, Nike? Just sell shoes to kids. Just sell shirts to kids. You don't need to get involved in sex and gender. You don't. But you're going to because you just can't help yourself. You just can't. You just cannot help yourself. It's just what happens. Uh, I'm tired of Roy McElroy. Roy McElroy thinks he is a, quote, sacrificial lamb. So what? Big deal. But here's where I'm really tired about Roy McElroy. Roy McElroy says that the guys coming back to live shouldn't be allowed back to live. That's crap. Or allowed back to the PGA Tour. That's complete crap. That is. That's complete crap. Look, you went. The tour was good enough that you are now joining or somehow under the umbrella, same umbrella with the PGA Tour. Let me give you an example. I think it was 1975. They decided, 1976, they decided to make a deal. The ABA is coming into the NBA. What, you weren't going to let the players come in? Because some left the NBA to go to the ABA. Some out of college took a better offer, were drafted by a team in the NBA, chose to go to the ABA. So you're not going to let them in? I mean, where is inclusiveness? Where, you know, we want to be inclusive. We want to grow the game of golf. We want everything to be big. But Roy McElroy says, hey, look, wait a second now. Hold on. We're inclusive. The game of golf is growing, but we're not going to let you back in because, well, you pissed us off. Why is it that whenever I see somebody, and it's mostly our president, and it's mostly my friends on the far left, why is it that every single time I hear somebody or some group talk about inc- inclusivity, I know they are the most exclusive. I just know. Like transgender folks talk about inclusive. LGBT talk. But if you don't agree with them, man, are they exclusive. Get out. Away. So I read all this crap about inclusivity uh, when the the, uh, tours merged on Monday or Tuesday, whenever it was. I read all this. And I, all right. Well, now the leader of the pack, this clown here, he says, well, we can't let those guys back in. They shouldn't be allowed back in. Where's the inclusivity? Oh, what? Your feelings are hurt. All right. Your feelings are hurt. Get over it. Look, I look like this every day. You don't think my feelings are hurt? See the back of this shirt? Sack the living hell up. Sack up. I'm a sacrificial lamb. Oh, poor baby. Poor baby. Are you okay, Rory? That's why you say to my kid. Are you okay, baby? Are you okay, baby? Everything okay, baby? Shut up, Dad. What? You okay? Everything okay? Are we okay? All right. Seriously. I mean, stop with the crap already. I mean, you're a sacrificial lamb. Good. Great. Now let everybody play. Play against each other. Shut the living hell up and go beat the living hell out of each other. Uh, Superman Dean Kane, who I thought we were getting on this show at one point, follows Mark Wahlberg. He gets the hell out of Hollywood. Hollywood folk are leaving in droves. 
Hollywood folk are saying this place is too crazy, even for me. And if you notice, that's two white males, so they don't really matter. It's when the cool kids start leaving New York. It's when the cool kids say, hey, or uh, California. It's when the cool kids, but good for Dean Kane. I'd like to get Dean Kane on. Good for Donnie Wahlberg. Good. Good for both of them. Or Mark Wahlberg. Donnie Wahlberg uh, is married to my girl, Jenny McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy came on my radio show in Indianapolis, and it got steamy. First question she asked is about me making love to women. Now, when Jenny McCarthy asks you that on a radio show, what do you do? Well, you know, I, oh, man, I stepped right up. I said, you know, I like go slow. We're going to go slow. Yeah. And I could tell my uh, then-girlfriend, Lee, said, look, there's something between you and Jenny McCarthy. If you would like to pursue it, I'll step out. That's how steamy it got. That's Donnie Wahlberg. And then she would DM me a few times. True story. I think I still got him. Yeah, we were DMing, me and Jenny McCarthy. Oh, yeah. Then she met Donnie Wahlberg on the set of her show, and I was kicked out. And I'm very happy because the love of my life is right upstairs. Anyway, when we come back, I got some stock up and stock down, including, ladies and gentlemen, us. What has two thumbs and is wearing a great T-shirt? This guy, I'll figure out how to get the T-shirt to you guys. I don't, it was supposed to. I made these for the Cubs. Like Tucker Barnhart wanted a bunch. Now I, I keep texting Tucker. Tucker, what's your address? You know. So I don't know what I, I got. Triple X. This is a triple X. We got some merch. And by the way, thanks to my guy Joe Kinsey and the Thursday Night Mower League. They sent me three T-shirts. I'm mowing this afternoon. I purposely stopped and didn't mow. Until today, because I'm in the Thursday Night Mowers League. Yeah, I am. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Oh, I guess we're back. I could not hear you in my ear. You guys still had me on mute, fools. (laughs) Yeah, people are dying for this shirt. Jen, you sent me your email. I'll get you one. Sean Black, you're going to get one out of Creek. You'll get one at the outing, which, by the way, is starting to fill up, but I need more golfers. Uh, Breaking news, Delvin Cook, the star running back for the Minnesota Vikings, has been released. Uh, I would like the Colts to get him. I would. By the way, 11 o'clock, right after this show, Ken Sterling and I are going to do about a half hour live on the Colts. He was at Colts camp yesterday. Uh, he's going to talk about it. So, Delvin Cook, I want him here. I want every athlete come to Indianapolis. I want Jokic. I want Murray. By the way, Jokic was a second-round pick. Larry Bird missed on a big white dude. Think about that. Larry Bird never misses on a big white dude. By the way, it's good to see C.J. McCollum on a set because this Monica girl, Monica McNutt, sits there like this. Like, what are we doing at ESPN? Ah, drives me nuts. Ah! Anyway, stock up Christian Brown. Christian Brown is a guy that looks like an accountant. Let's be honest. Christian Brown plays for the Denver Nuggets. Christian Brown was a three-star recruit. Christian Brown went to Kansas because, well... There are a couple of great evaluators 
in college sports. One was John Beeline. Uh, the other is Bill Self. You can say whatever you'd like about Bill Self, but Bill Self is a great, not a good, a great evaluator of talent. So all Christian Brown did last night was in 19 minutes in the NBA Finals at 22 years old. Scored 15 points, a couple rebounds, a couple assists, didn't stand. He really did. He truly did for um, he did for Denver what Duncan Robinson was doing or they did the other night in game two for the Heat. He energized him. He gave him another option. Christian Brown stood in that left corner a couple times and then cut to the bucket, finished. Christian Brown ran the floor. Christian Brown made shots. The stars were Murray, don't get me wrong, and Jokic, no question about it. But stock up to that guy right there. Stock up. I mean stock the hell living up like it's my job, stock up. So there you go. Yeah. Just saying. Stock up us, ladies and gentlemen. Don't at me on Outkick, Outkick, Hot Mike, Outkick, Schilling, Outkick, Tommy Lauren, Outkick, the great Clay Travis, our leader, Outkick, Aaron, our leader, Outkick, Gary, our leader, Outkick, over a million subscribers on YouTube. I believe this is accurate. I believe we started this year, we started this calendar year with like 225,000 subscribers on YouTube. I mean, I don't know about you, but it's five, six months in, and next thing you know, we're in a million. A million. And we ain't slowing down. I just wish I was 10 years younger. If I were 10 years younger, it would be on like Donkey Kong. It would. I'd be doing this for a thousand. I'd never leave here. But I got a lot left in me, boys and girls, I do. Uh, here we go. Listen to this. All more impressive given that on January 1st of this year, we were sitting just north of 220,000 subscribers. Now, million. Thank you, Jen. I just got your text, Jen. I will get that out to you. One, how do you do it? Million subscribers. Oh, Christy, no. Christy Nome, you hot mama governor, you. Christy Nome. Anytime we can have Christy Nome on our show, I'd love to get her on our show. I love talking to smart women. I just do. Christy Nome is the governor of South Dakota. Christy Nome is not afraid of anyone. Christy Nome is taking on Target. She accused Target of fundamentally tearing down this country. And she's not right. She, she's not wrong. She called the country dangerous. How about that? Giving millions of dollars to indigenous groups known as the NDA Collective. The group called for the closure of Mount Rushmore. And Christy Nome's not having it. Good. You can sit back and shut up. You can sit back and let these people do what they want to do while the rest of the country is worried about, you know, having fun going out and shopping and enjoying a store. Target is fundamentally tearing down the country, and we have to have a real conversation about how serious we are about protecting our freedom. 
She accused the NDN collective of being anti-American, anti-military, anti-cop, anti-veteran, and anti-Israeli. There you go. Good for Christy. No. Man, I love smart women. I do. I think she is awesome. She is absolutely awesome. Remember, this is the same woman that sent 50 National Guard troops to the southern border war zone to help to help the immigration pro- problem in Texas. Yes, I'd vote for her for president. I'm not going to lie to you. I would. I'd vote for her for president. I would. I'm sorry. Uh, stock down. <sighs> Canada, man, you got to get these wildfires under control. I was texting with Benetti yesterday. Benetti's in New York. They had their White Sox-Yankees game canceled. I mean, these wildfires are coming at everybody. I mean, it's spreading across the entire country. Look, I'm not blaming anybody, but boy, I hope and pray that the folks in Canada are okay, number one, get this under control, number two, and we don't have any adverse effects here in the great United States of America, but it sure seems like we are. It sure seems like we've got a situation that's growing in more areas. Like somebody actually said in Indiana, uh, it's, you could tell the other day, now I think that's crap. I think uh, whoever said it, was trying to be one of the cool kids and say, well, look, we got in, you know, these fire. I don't know. But I do know New York City looked awful. And they did cancel the game. They did. They canceled the Yankees game. Now, think about what it would take to cancel a Yankees game that isn't, you know, obviously lightning or, you know, this didn't even happen in New York. It happened well north of New York. But it's coming to a city near you, and I got to tell you, it's a little bit scary. It is. A lot of people don't understand, well, how can't you contain it, man? If you've ever seen a real fire, a real fire, not the fire you have on your back deck or not the fire you put, you know, you go to the beach and you make a fire, put some sticks or wherever the hell you make a fire. If you ever seen a real fire, you would understand. I mean, it's insane. It is. It is literally insane, these fires. And frankly, um, scary. Very, 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 very scary. We talked about Zion Williamson earlier. Here's the deal. First off, let's just go through this. You know, there's a scene in Animal House where Mr. Blutarski, 0.00. That's from Dean Wormer, the dean of Faber College, to Mr. Blutarski, the John Belushi character. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. Well, Zion Williamson, I don't know if you're drunk, I don't know if you drink, but fat and sexually stupid is no way to go through life. First, you're fat. I mean, let's call it what it is. You were fat when you were a rookie at the Summer League. You played one game, your knees and everything swole up. Charles Barkley and others said, look, you can't be fat and play in the league. Charles came on our show and told a great story about Moses Malone saying, look, Charles, you're fat. You can't do it. League's too good. League's too tough. League's too hard. Can't do it. So Barkley figured it out. I said this from the get-go. At some point, At some point, this guy's going to have to figure out not being fat. He hasn't, so he's hurt. Now, sexually stupid, he's got women on Instagram talking about things he uh, put in their mouth and baby mamas over here from OnlyFans girls and other girls. He's saying, look, I hope you move. I can't wait to pay for you. I mean, damn. Baby mama drama leads, not always, not, not every guy, But many times it leads to incredibly talented people failing. It just does. Incredibly talented people like Zion Williamson, if they stay on a track, greatness comes. 
What happens with NBA greatness? Woo! Money, 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 money! Money! Yes, NBA greatness means more money, more fame, more great articles, more whatever you want to say than you could ever, ever, ever imagine. But then you get stupid and you start throwing your thing in, in random women. You start being a dude. You start being an idiot. You start deciding, well, you know, I'm going to do this because I can't. I'm going to do her because I can't. And she's no dummy. She knows that. Guess what? I love you. Well, how about, okay, then let's be smart and use protect. There's only like 12 to 15 different kinds of birth control. How about being responsible? I know we're not allowed to say that, right? It's probably racist or sexist. How about a woman be responsible? How about a dude be responsible? Well, you're acting like an old man. You know how it is. I do. I know exactly how it is, how it was. But damn, son, you're playing with a lot more to lose than most people. But if you're going to be dumb, you're going to be dumb. And he is dumb. The way he has handled his career has been idiotic. It is not the way Jordan or Isaiah or Kareem or Bird or Magic or any of the greats handled their career. It's the way John Morant handled his career. It's the way Lamar Odom handled his career. It's the way Gilbert Arenas handled his career. It is not the way the greats, the people that have that kid's ability, it is not the way those folks should act. Or if you want greatness. Hey, if you want a bunch of babies and paying out 50, 100 grand a month, a bunch of different women, God bless you. Stupid. Stupid. You know, climate change is one of the biggest farces in our society. Going back a zillion years, we still have the same amount of glaciers. There's all kind of evidence that says all these guys like John Kerry and Bill Gates and all these other guys are making a ton of money. You know, Al Gore's become a gazillionaire off of speeches on climate change. We listen to some little crazy person who screams, Greta something. I'll never understand that. I didn't pay attention then. I'm not paying attention now to some 12-year-old yelling about climate change. So thousands of Americans died on January 6, 1944. Thousands. In a battle now referred to as D-Day. Climate change czar John Kerry says this. We're in a battle for our life. Today is January 6, D-Day, one of the most significantly important moments in history, a moment that calls to mind every single thing that defined the past half of the 20th century and beginning of the 21st century. They were fighting for a set of values, I would say to you, that are just as important today as they were then. They put their lives on the line to fight against fascism, tyranny, and misinformation, and a savage slaughter of innocent lives. That's what we should be doing right now in our own country, make no mistake. Just as that was a fight for the future, as much as anything we have ever faced. What we are seeing now is the same. What is clear now, he's talking about climate change. According to a report, he argued the, fa- the failure to address climate change could lead to greater consequences than what the world faced in 1944 when then-German-led Adolf Hitler controlled most of Europe. What is also clear now is that we can also win this fight, but it requires the same level of innovation and mobilization that was acquired back then by the greatest generation. Today's threat comes from all of us comes from a result of the things we do or avoid doing. You know what? These dudes, this is the fight of our times. A fight against greed, selflessness, disinformation, outright lies, and a fight for the cleaner, healthier, and more prosperous and safer world. Those are great words, but he's full of crap. He flies around in a private plane like these other idiots do and makes a ton of money off of climate change. I don't buy any of these guys. They could tell me that I am bald and wearing a blue shirt and I would have to check in a mirror. 
Look, hey, right. I mean, you guys have been talking about climate change since I was two. And a damn bit of evidence that says climate change is real. But there is a damn bit of evidence that says John Kerry, Al Gore, at all got a lot richer due to climate change, period. Uh, stick it, John Gore. Seriously. Just stick it. John Kerry, not John Gore. That's a combination. Al Gore and John Kerry. It's a bad combination. Well, they say it's a bad pair to draw to. I'm just telling you, aren't you tired of it? Like, we, we got dudes running around streets murdering. We got crazy. We got no accountability uh, for our criminals. We got uh, prices for food through the roof. We got World War III pending. We got all this stuff. And these guys are sitting there trying to tell us about climate change while they make hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, giving speeches. I've just had enough. I'm sorry. I know I'm wrong. I, I do. I, I seriously, I know I'm wrong. Uh, I know that we're all supposed to bow down to Joe, John Kerry. I know we're all supposed to listen to some 12-year-old named Greta Thornburg, but I cannot do it. Why? Because this guy, what has two thumbs and thinks logically? This guy. Did you know that Chris Paul has reached one NBA Finals in 18 years? Did you know this? Is that racist for me to say? I don't know, but it's right there on my TV. One NBA Finals in two years. That's it, 18 years. That's all she wrote. That's it. That's it. That's all. Pretty amazing when you really think about it. 18 years and one NBA Finals, and people are trying to tell me that this guy's as good as Isaiah Thomas. Let me explain to you. There is nobody in this league other than Steph Curry that is as good as Isaiah Thomas was, and it's not even close. Kyrie Irving should be, but he's a clown. But I'm sitting there listening to all these guys. Well, you know, Chris Paul is the greatest little guard in the world. He's not close to Isaiah Thomas. Zero. Not close. Nada. Not even a little bit close. Uh, I'm not into can't carry his jock because I don't know why guys would want to carry other guys' jocks. I don't understand it. It makes me weird. I think it's weird. I don't know. But I do got to tell you, Chris Paul, my ass. Chris Paul, my ass. Yeah, I do remember the swift boat thing. I do remember when John Kerry was lying about what he did while in the military. And now, though, we're supposed to believe him when it comes to climate change. We had as many uh, glaciers when he was born as we have now. Yeah. Well, Dan, you're stupid. Yes, I'm stupid. I will accept being stupid. What is my tell? I want to know my tell about what. Tell me about what. I don't know. All right. Let's woke a dope it up, people, shall we? I love me some wokey, dopey, wokey dokey, okey dokey, wokey dokey, okey dokey. <laughs> Clinton strength, blood stain remover. Hey, look, I don't know about you guys, but every time I criticize a Clinton, I want it to be very, very clear, Vince Foster's. I want it very clear. I am not suicidal. I will not go to a park bench in New York City. I will not go to a park bench in Washington, D.C. I will not be alone in places where the Clintons might be sniffing. I told you, next door, right here, next door to me, that house, uh, my, the, my neighbor, Gail, not Gail, Sandy, is a Clinton from way back. And... Her family comes in for the Indy 500, the Clintons, first cousins to Bill. And they laugh like hell about how Uncle Bill, even back in the day, 
wasn't allowed to be in the room with young girls by himself, family members. That's how perverted this dude is. If you think for a second that the Clintons and now apparently the Bidens aren't involved in needing that OxyClean to get rid of blood, you're crazy. It just came out and said whistleblowers against the Bidens may have their lives, may lose their lives. What? And we accept that? No, no. Clinton's strength. Yeah. It gets the blood out, baby. It gets the blood out. How good is that? Man, love you long time. All right, give me another one. That was good. Reddit. This one from Reddit, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. California Senate passed a bill to stop employees from shoplifting. Come on. So it is illegal. Think about the world we're living in. It is illegal to stop people from shoplifting. It is legal to shoplift. Now, I just want to walk me, walk me through that, will you? Will, will somebody walk me through this? It is illegal now, according to a Senate bill in California, to stop somebody from shoplifting. But it is legal to shoplift. All right. In what world is this? I'm telling you, we live in a third world nation. Drive down a city street and smell the wheat. And look at the dude smoking the wheat. Haven't had a job in six months. Hey, I ain't mad at gummies. If you want to do gummies, fine. But we drive down the street and we smoke. We live in a third world country. Hey, take my stuff. I got to tell you, you know, my, you, know, you know what I do here. You know how I go about my business. If I were a business, I would absolutely 1,000% have some guys in the back, and I'll be like, hey, we're going to have to figure this one out. We're not letting you. We're closing the doors. And if we all go to jail, I guess we got to go to jail. All right, give me the next one. I love Clinton's strength. Clinton's strength is really, really, really good. I am now and will forever be pro-LGBTQ. Let's get Biden to quit. Now that's a rainbow flag that I can get behind. That, ladies and gentlemen, is something I can walk with. Let's get Biden to quit. Man. See, I like it. I guess somebody sees this and they would say, well, you're making fun of it. Well, You're hijacking our LGBTQ community. So what? Tough shit. You know what I'm saying? You're hijacking it from us. Oh, well, great. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, tough crap. C-R-A-P-P-P-P. Yeah, we just hijacked. You're hijacking our country. Look, I'm all for the LGBTQ community, but all this other stuff you can have. All right. We're moving into the portion of the show where I would usually maybe sort of kind of maybe give you a bet. But I got to tell you something. I told this to Lee last night. I can't give you a bet. I can't give you a bet because there's nothing to bet on. Somebody asked me the other day, Dan, what are you doing for betting? Here's what I do. Write this down. I go on to my DraftKings account about 8 o'clock. Major League Baseball games are going. 
And I don't know who's pitching. I don't know nothing, but I've won about a grand this month on this. All right. So I see who's winning the games. All right. I see who's winning. And I try to get two of them. I'm winning fifth inning. I don't want to do it in the third inning. It's got to be fifth or beyond. I take two teams that are winning. All right. And I try to get the number, like one's maybe minus 470, the other's maybe minus 100 or 200 or whatever. And I try to get them as close to $100 as I can, meaning minus or even. Try to get them close to even. Minus 110, plus 110, minus 120, something like that. And then I bet on it. And then generally I forget. And then after I forget, I come back and I say, wait a second. All right? Wait a second. Did I win? And I'm telling you about, I don't know, I'm going to say 70% of the time we win. Probably 75. I'll say three out of four times we've won. Seriously. I think that's it. Three out of four, something like that, we've won. So it's a pretty good way to do it because let's be honest, baseball is impossible to bet. It is so stupid to bet. I don't know how you could possibly do it. Now, my friend, the cash man does it and he does it really well, really well. Hey, I need like button. Smash the like button. We got 270 people on the YouTube chat. Smash the like button. Keep hitting the like button. Don't be afraid to hit the like button. Gary Mitchell. Gary Mitchell says, take the Panthers tonight, and I'm all over that one. The the Florida Panthers are going to be in one of my parlays tonight. I may take them with a Major League Baseball team that's winning in the sixth, and that may be my parlay. But, hey, look, the other option is don't bet, and I got to tell you, that's not an option. No. That, that, mm -mm. no. Uh, Michael says, I've been doing blackjack and baccarat for gambling. Uh, I get a few wins. And then I leave. You have to be strong-willed not to become a degenerate. Treat it like a business. It's exactly what I'm doing here now. I lost last month. Fine. You're going to lose. But I'm up four grand right now, according to DraftKings, according to my account from January 1st to right now. And because, uh, Michael, that's exactly what I am doing. I am treating it like a business. I'm treating it like I would any other business. I'm going to make a smart investment. I'm going to read. I'm going to pay attention. Except once I make the bet, I move on and I forget about the bet. And sometimes, you know, it is what it is. All right. Dan, I bet on Murray having a triple-double last night. Strong. Very, very strong. Anytime you can bet on Murray getting a triple-double, you hit 10 and 10. He got a rebound late, so I'm sure your toes were tapping. All right. Is there a good old-fashioned email for DD? I want to give you my personal email. I don't. Ask Jen. Let Jen tell you. She's got all of our emails. I don't really want to give it to you. You can go to dandockage.com. Go to dandockage.com if you want to get a hold of me. Seriously, dandockage.com is up. It's running. It plays replays of our show every day. And if you want to get a hold of me, that's what we can do. All right. Uh, I thank everybody. You guys are freaking awesome. Every day you're here. Every day I love you a long time. Uh, 11 o'clock, we're going to be on Kent Sterling's Two Big Brains YouTube channel for about a, a half hour, 45-minute recap of the Colts. Strictly local. I don't I, The national, everything here. Uh, Dan Dockage's show. Dan's show is important for the USA. Look, we got to speak up. We need to make it bigger, though. We need to advertise more. I don't know what to do about it, but we need to advertise more. We do. We need to make it big. 
It's not as big as it could be. Hey, Dan, I'm going to East Lansing soon. Can I get one of those shirts? Hey, Ross, DM me. DM me on Twitter. We'll figure it out. You might get your ass beat, or you might have to beat some ass, but that's all right. Thank you, everybody, Dylan and Ryan, and, of course, Nick on the scene. Have a great afternoon. Don't at me, people.